<laughs> Sam likes that one. <laughs> I got him back. <laughs> uh, we've got to learn to laugh again, hey? In a serious world, we've got to learn to not take things too seriously. Hey, let's pray after that. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence that it is your desire to come and reside. It is your desire to come and rest. God, I pray that you would inhabit your people this morning. You would rest upon your people. You would speak to us individually and corporately that we would know you more intimately, that we would get to experience you and not just know about you, Lord. I pray that faith would arise in the room. I pray there would be a hunger in this house that we've never seen before. I pray there'd be a knowing in this house that we've never seen before of, of who you are and who we are. I pray for an awareness of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I would encourage anyone, I watched this great, this has nothing to do with my message, but I watched this great documentary, uh, Finding, Finding Father, on SBS. It's a full-blown Christian documentary about fathers. It, you have to find it on, it's on SBS out of all, the, believe it or not, but it's, it's about the Lord and about all these um, men and, and people and true stories and it's the real people on there. It's absolutely brilliant. I just encourage you to watch it. And the importance of fathers in our, in our world right now. Anyway, really good. Watched it last, watched, or watched half of it. The first half's good, so. <laughs> Fell asleep. <laughs> Not because of the movie or documentary, because I was, I was exhausted. Hey, we had a great time on, um, on Thursday night, uh, with our prayer night before our after our prayer night we had a great time with our prayer night and then we had um our last healing night and we spent about an hour just hearing the stories of what um happened at the todd smith uh, event on tuesday night and it was i was sitting there honestly just pinching myself of the stories that people were sharing that either they witnessed or they'd heard um this is stuff that people dream about for, for a long time and, and you know uh, I, we heard someone say that you know they saw their first miracle uh, in front of their eyes happen with that seven-year-old girl that went into the tank came open and her ear popped up and and she can now hear we just heard a story of someone took the water and poured it on their friend and um, they had a heart murmur and they got healed and, um, and so, just awesome. Just, and there's stories just continually coming in of people getting free, healed, and delivered. And, and I, I, maybe at some point we can just spend a, a morning just sharing those stories. But um, I want to share this morning out of that, a little bit of what's happened and a little bit about what we feel the Lord's saying to us as a house. Um, <clears throat> we've received a lot of dreams and a lot of prophetic words and kind of riddle a bit of a teaching through this, but I, I love the first ever mention of the house of God is in, um, is in where Jacob lays his head on the rock. 
Now you've got, you got to catch the prophetic picture here of, of, of what uh, the Bible tells and the correlating stories. So David is asleep on a rock. Not a coincidence, right? He's asleep on a rock and he, he, he has the dream of, of Jacob's ladder and, uh, and he sees the angels coming down and ascending and descending and he wakes up and he says, this is none other than the house of God which is the word Bethel, which is the word Bethel. So he says, this is none other than the house of Bethel, which is, which is, which is the first mention of the house of God. I love it because it's one guy on the side of a mountaintop, on, on, you know, head on a rock, and God's with him. Amen? So you and Christ, let me just say this from the outset, you and God are the majority. Right, Christ in you, the hope of glory, you that that is awesome. That is like the living God lives inside your mortal body, gives life to your mortal body, Romans 8:10. The same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead decided it's a good idea that I take up residency inside of people. We're going to look at it a little bit of the the, the Jewish had the temple and now Jesus he destroyed the temple and he's like now I'm going to put my spirit inside of people and they're going to be the temple. Yeah? So you and God are the majority. And in our Western world, we love to talk about the individual. And I don't, we don't apologize for that. We're very, it's very like you have a dream, God has a dream for your life. And you know, this is how you walk with the Lord. And we talk a lot about the, the individual. But this, how many know God is not, doesn't just have a relationship, he is a relationship, right? He began as a relationship. There was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were in relationship together. So he's the one that designed relationship. He's the one that created community. He's the one that created what we call the corporate. Yes, Lord. Get him, God. <clears throat> and so... Uh, so God is interested in not just the individual, but he's interested in the tribe or the collective. Right? It's very important to him. You had the 12 tribes, you have all these, you know, all, there, there's in the upper room, there was 120 and they were all in one accord. Yeah? So unity, you know, Ephesians talks about protecting the bond of unity and the, the, the spirit of peace and the bond of unity. It's, it's like... In really a big deal to the Lord of how actually, you know, the body is many parts. If the toe doesn't work right, the leg limps. Come on, right? And so unity in the body is, is just significant. And I really believe uh, what the Lord's doing here in this area of unity and, and prayer and, uh, and what God's showing us um, is, is just profound. And so uh, I, I really want us to ca capture this morning the heart of God for this, for this house, for this region, for yes, you as an individual. Um, how, how many have been in a message or you've heard a sermon before, you get inspired and you go home and you're like, yes, 
I'm going to go out and evangelize. Or yes, I'm going to, go and, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. And you, you, you make these you know, faith statements and then a week in you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just do a chapter. You know, maybe I'll just, <laughs> maybe I'll just, you know, and we start, and then I'm being, I'm, I've done that, right? And so, but what I want us to, what I'm hoping and believing for not in wishful thinking, but what I really believe the Lord wants to do is to cultivate something in the area of prayer that would become culture in a way that you get sucked into the presence of God and it becomes normal. I, I'm, 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 I'm verbalising something that God's doing in, in me right now and in, in the house right now, but I've used this analogy before. We often... We often watch, I'm a sportsman, so, you know, we watch um, our sport that we love, whatever. <coughs> Go the blues. <laughs> Next week, Dean and Beck and I, we go to Jesus Image for their pastor's conference for two days. <coughs> so we're seeing, we're going to Jesus Image, we're going to hang out there. And on the Sunday, Dean and Beck are being really holy and they're going to go to the Jesus Image Church and hang out and I'm going to go and watch Lionel Messi play. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And um, anyway, so we watch a sport. God spoke to me this a while ago and he said, so many Christians, they see something that they like say in a sport, so say I'm a soccer player and I'm watching tennis. I'm like, oh, I like tennis. I'll adapt those things and try and integrate them into, into soccer. And he goes, that's not what I'm doing. He said, it's, that's trying to take things from the outside and integrate them into an old wineskin. He says, what I'm asking you to do is, is completely change the sport and adapt the whole thing and bring it in. Does that make sense? That's just how he spoke to me about it. But, and that's what so often we do. So often we hear something, we're like, okay, I'm going to adapt that into my life as opposed to I really believe that Jesus is saying, hey, I don't want you to adapt something into your life. I want you to make me your whole life in everything that you do. I don't want you to incorporate me in. I don't want you to incorporate church in. It's, I mean, it's like if people, I've, I've talked to so many Christians, like the church has got things wrong, we know that, and, and, and you know, we're not a perfect house, I'm sure, uh, I could, you know, we could send out a survey and you'd all tell us, I'm sure, <laughs> but, you know, we, I love the bride, God loves the bride, you know, it's like if I say to someone, hey, I love Dean, but I just, I don't, I'm not sure about Beck, I'm not going to come over for dinner, because... Yeah, I just don't know about Beck. So no, no, we're one. Dean's one with Beck. I'm one with Shen. And God wants his bride to be one with him. And we, we need to learn to love the bride in all its flaws and things. And so anyway, that's a side note. All right. <clears throat> um, I'm going to share a couple of dreams that people have had and, uh, and tell a bit of this story. So... Um, after the conference in April, CJ, who you got, who has been talked about before, 
had a dream, I've got it on my phone recorded, uh, of water being, so this is April, of water, a water leak inside of a church building. She said, I feel like there's a leak, there's water being, uh, coming up from the ins- underneath the floor and we looked in the dream, we went and looked when we found the leak and we realised, oh, this pipe is unstoppable. So that was the dream. So we lifted up the tiles, we found the pipe, and there was this leak in the, in, the, in the... She said there's a leak in the sanctuary and it's the waters rising up from, from the sanctuary and it's rising up. Who remember... If you were here when PJ came, uh, when Paul, Paul, uh, Joshua, Paul Bedwell came, he released a word about Ezekiel 47. Right, do you, if, if you were here, you might remember this. Let me, let me read to you the last part of Ezekiel 47. Um, fishermen will stand beside the sea from verse 10, this is 47 verse 10, from Engedi to Enaglaim. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. And on the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because of the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. All right? So you can read Ezekiel 47, talk, and it talks about the more the water goes out from the sanctuary, the deeper it gets. And I remember, Ange, you gave a, a word about gumboots. I can't remember it fully, but uh, I've got that in my notes about that we're going to be, uh, you know, splashing in water and we need our gumboots on and that the water levels are getting deeper and deeper. And I believe prophetically Ezekiel 47 is talking about the new temple, yep. us, and that the, the, in the Old Testament... It was the remnant ones. You have Abraham, you have Moses, you have Noah. They dwindled down. There was few righteous. Yeah? That's the Old Testament. Remember when the law was added in? 3,000 were killed. Yeah? When the Spirit of God was poured out, 3,000 were added. Right? Jesus started with one. Then he had an imperishable seed that you and I have. He started with 12, 72, 120, and then there's an increase of glory. The kingdom of God is advancing. That's not, it's not shrinking back. Right? Put, put darkness in your fist. There's darkness. Release the darkness into a lit up room. It has zero effect. The only way that darkness prevails is for the people with the light inside them to put a basket over it. You, you ha- you, the devil is not the opposite of God. He's the opposite of Gabriel or Michael. And so the only way this thing doesn't increase is if you or I decide, hey, I'm going to squash this thing. Right? So that's prophetically, I believe, that the presence of God... No, Siri, don't come on right now. Okay. <laughs> prophetically, I believe that as the presence of God gets leaked outside of the, the temple, 
both physically and spiritually, the more the water levels rise. I mean, in the natural, the more you drink, the more you leak. <laughs> so, so just drink. Just drink. Just drink and drink. Listen to what Lisa sent through. And a bunch of people have sent through. I'm not going to have time to get through everyone's. But I saw what looked like vases and jars in the sky. They were pouring water from heaven and gradually down to earth. The water poured out and was caught in the next jar and then poured into the next jar and so on until it reached earth. I heard the Lord say, don't stop now. You're about to step into one of the greatest times of history. I then saw a scene from Narnia book where the forest that has many pools and all the entry points into another world. It was like the water in this move of the spirit is a portal to heaven. It is a meeting place between God and people. I saw the temple of water of Ezekiel flowing out and then knee deep in the presence. But there is more. Go deeper. She remembered your word, Ange, about needing gumboots because the ground was going to get wet and we were wadding in his presence. I heard it's easy, this is in quotes, I heard it's easy to fish when you're in the water. Lee agrees with that. Yeah. Hey? Amen. <laughs> Remember Ezekiel's word? It says you'll catch many fish. When Jesus caught the, 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 when he restores Peter back to himself, when they're on the shore, it says he caught 152 fish. Remember that? It's a bizarre thing to say. A scholar of that time, or a philosopher of that time, I should say, believed that there were only 152 type of fish in the world at that time. Now, obviously, we know there's more, but at that time, they believed there was only 152 types of species of fish. So when Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men, he's saying, I'll make you fishers of all the types of people in society. Um, I heard the Lord say, I told you a long time ago, this move of my spirit was going to be a tsunami. You just didn't know it was going to bubble up from the inside of the sanctuary. You thought it was going to hit from the outside, but I'm bringing it from, the inner, from inside to cleanse my bride first and then to flow out to the hungry and the thirsty ones. I'm going to cover the earth like Noah's flood, but this time not destroy, but to save it. I will cover all the earth, every nation, every land, the flood of my presence. We know that scripturally. He'll cover the earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea. Come on. I saw inside our church and I saw apple trees with fruit. Well, this, that's, this could be dangerous. Um, apple trees with fruit. <laughs> and they're standing along each side of the main aisle of the church. They were the trees from Revelation and from Ezekiel. They stand each side of the river with the leaves for healing of the nations. Trees often represent um, produce, but they also represent wealth. Not in just money, but they represent that. Income. Resources. The apples were just there to show that there was going to be great fruit from this flood of God's mercy. And she heard the song. It's like, come, come, in, like a, come in like a fire, come in like a flood. I don't care what it looks like. I'm so in love. You know that song? 
I'm not going to sing it. I won't go into this dream because I, I, um, you guys have all heard it before. If you haven't, you can, you can find it. I'll share at some point about with me and Andrew about the water flooding Lilydale. So, this is the main dream though. Thursday night, Thursday, sorry, Justin Box's wife, Lee Box, who just remember Justin spoke a few a month or so ago, she rings me. Hey Liam, I had a dream with you last night. Um, I saw you in like a conference setting. And there was an 80 centimetre thick concrete around and everyone in the church was, everyone in this church setting was in water. In my mind, I'm thinking, this is Thursday night before the Tuesday night. So in my mind, I'm thinking in the natural, oh, she knows about the event we're about to do. And so she, I said, I actually stopped her. I said, do you know what we're doing on Tuesday night? And she said, no, I've got no idea. I'm not on Facebook. I don't know. So I was like, okay, this is good. I like that. So she, she explains, she says, the next day, it was like we're at a conference, Friday night was awesome, everyone was in the water, Saturday you come, we come back and the water's been drained. And she says to me, why did you drain the water? And I said, oh, there was a few people that were cold and a couple of people didn't like the water. And she said, don't drain the water. Anyway, I, I didn't twig at first because I'm, you know, but she said, and that was it. There was some other stuff about Shen and, and us in the dream, but that was what, it, and I said, what do you think it means? She says, I think that you're on the right track. You're not to quench the Holy Spirit. You're not to squash the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to keep the Holy Spirit as the main thing. Just keep going for that. But, and, and so she had that word for it. I think there was more to it and then there was an actual because of Tuesday night and what has taken place, that there was an actual physical uh, act that we're supposed to go on and do and actually literally not drain the water. I, we did drain the water from uh, Tuesday night, thank the Lord. Um, 500 people in the water. <laughs> uh, but, but that we're actually supposed to lean into this. I shared it with Todd on, on, the, on the Monday or Tuesday and he said in doing this for 290 weeks with thousands of churches, hundreds of churches, he says, I've never heard a more directive word, like do not drain the water. He said, what are you going to do? I was like, no idea. <laughs> and then on the Wednesday at the leaders thing, he gave this great word about prayer and how we need preaching, we need evangelism, we need discipleship, we need all the things, we need, you know, worship. But they all have to be undergirded by, by the presence of God in prayer. And if they're not, then they, be, they become... They can become idols in and of themselves. You can worship worship. Yeah. And so, historically, we know this to be true. We know great moves of God and great things come out of a place of prayer. Now, here's the danger. I've heard that preach. I've preached that. And the danger is you pray because you want a great move of God as opposed to just praying because you want him. And so, out of this word, this is unusual. I don't usually, 
I, we, we believe in the prophetic. We love the prophets. We believe there are prophets today. We believe in the prophetic. We, we honour our prophetic words. We weigh them up. We pray into them. Um, I haven't seen, in my five years of being here, since starting it, we started <laughs> from the beginning, um, I've not seen a more like clear breadcrumbs that the Lord is showing us in what we're supposed to go after and what this house is, is supposed to be. And um, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you in light of all of those. And then I've got one more thing that, um, one more uh, dream that someone shared with us uh, when we changed the name actually to the sanctuary. But Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street's corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Often we've taught that and we've taught you know, when you pray, you know, obviously Jesus is teaching here to the Pharisees and he's saying, don't be like the Pharisees because they would stand on the street corners and they would be like, look how righteous we are, look how holy, look how long-winded prayers, look how articulate our prayers are. And he's addressing that. But we've taught that in people's personal prayer life. Don't be boastful in your prayer life. Don't be boastful in your, you know, when you're fasting. Don't be boastful in your giving. Let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Shut the door. Close the door, go into your inner, inner, inner world with the Lord individually. Yeah? What if, what if that, if we just take that right now and we say, hey, what if that is just actually not just for individuals, but it's actually for the church as well? That we actually close the door, so to speak. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to let people in. But <laughs> that we close the doors and we actually prioritize this thing called prayer. And not prayer to get, but prayer to seek his face with no agenda. Who's got that friend that every time they ring you, they're asking to borrow your lawnmower, to help them with your trailer? <laughs> Just Toby. Only one of you got that one. <laughs> hey, can I borrow your computer? Can I do it? Can you? And you know, as soon as you see their name come up on your phone, you're like, I guarantee they're going to ask for something. Right? Now, God's a gracious Father in that He gives graciously even when we keep all we're doing is, God, I need this, God, I need this, God, I don't know. He does. That's just who He is. He's a good Father. But I don't think He always reveals His secrets to just anyone. Because he reveals his secrets to those that he knows he can entrust them to. Jesus only ever took Peter, James and John. He never took any of the other nine. I'll have to ask him why he did that, but it's just an interesting observation. He's looking for lovers that would simply love him and come into union with him for no reason, for not revival, not for healing, not for evangelism, not for discipleship, not for great worship, 
Not for all those things, but simply because it's who he is. That we catch the heartbeat. And in, in John, he talks about it. He says, John 14, he says, ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. The context is, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. The context is out of intimacy with him, ask anything. Why? Because when you're intimate with him, you catch his heartbeat. And then you can ask anything because you know what his heartbeat is. It's not the other way around. It's not ask anything and that will produce more intimacy. It's out of intimacy you catch his heartbeat. Alright? Mark 11... Mark 11, verse 17. We know these verses. These aren't new. How am I doing? Verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem, and as he entered the temple, he began to drive out those who had sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned their tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? Now it's been taught, or maybe just even subconsciously, which is true, that the house of God is a house that we pray for the nations. Uh, and I believe we need to do that. We pray for the nations. We pray for situations, circumstances. But we also pray that we're to, you know, we go Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be sending missionaries. We've got you know, Brooks in South Africa. And we support people in Indonesia and, and Thailand and Cambodia and all over. So we're supposed to do that. Supposed to go to places and, and be... Sending and be a house for the nations that we can send. I don't think that's the context here. I think the context is that the, the house of God would be a house so that the nations can come to the house of God to receive prayer, communion with Him. Not just the church building. And if you, want to know, if you want to know it theologically, what happens in Acts 1.14 when they're all in one accord, every nation and tribe was present of the known world at that time because of Passover. What happened at Jesus' birth? It was a census and every nation and tribe of that time were in one place. When the body, think with me, when the body closes the doors, metaphorically, parabolically speaking, goes into their inner place and seeks the face of God in humility, in, hey God, we just want you. Whatever you want to do, we just want you. And they're in one accord in that. The presence of God gets poured out and people see it and hear it and witness it. You don't need a church growth strategy. You just need the presence of God. 
but unity commands a blessing. We know that. And I'd like to propose that many people have said different things about unity that, you know, leaders, church leaders have said, well, it's unity on our vision. That's what it is. It's unity on the church's vision. You need to agree and align with the church's vision. I'm not against honour. I'm not against that. That's, that's okay. That's, there's, there's valid in that. I don't think that's what it's talking about, though, when it says unity commands a blessing. I think it's talking about that you would be united under one thing, Jesus. Ephesians talks about the unity of Jesus and the bond of peace. It's not... It's protecting the purity in the heart of Jesus. Every week that we preach, every week, I'm not, I'm not against preaching, I'm not against worship, we do it, we love it. My job, Dean's job, whoever's on this pulpit, is to point you to pour salt on your tongue so that you would get thirsty and hungry for one thing and one thing only, Jesus. We're not here to build the sanctuary. We're here to build you. We're here to facilitate and host the presence of God in such a way that you would walk out of this place and not just go, amen, that was a great sermon. I'm going to incorporate that in. That you would go, amen, I need Jesus in everything in my life. Some of, it, some of us, it is going to take a mind shift. Some of us, it is going to be, hey, I need to give up things. For others, it's going to be, I need to add things. It's going to be different for every single individual. But you, you, don't, you don't lose your individualism when you become a part of the family. Your individualism should enhance the family and the family should enhance your individualism. Yeah? Alright, two more verses and then we're done. Go with me to Ephesians 1, 13. And then we're going to do communion together. In him, in who? In Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Actually, let's read verse 11. In him we have attained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in the, according to the counsel of his will. There's been, throughout history, predestination has been a huge topic that people have debated and talked about of like, well, are you, is there a predestined elect few that God chooses and he only chooses those elect few? If you read that and you, I don't have time to unpack it properly, but... If we just think about it logically here a little bit, in him, Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance. In him, we have been predestined 
according to the purpose of him who works all things to, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, that's talking about Paul and the Jews, might be to the praise of his glory in him you also when you heard, so now he's talking about other people that have heard, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believe in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The predestined thing is Jesus. He has predestined it that anyone that is in, in him receives the inheritance and the promise. He decided that. That's what that verse is. So, it's not that we are outside and he chose the elect few. No, he realised the only way to build the new temple is for people to be grafted into him and then those people become intimate with him. The Christ, is, Christ in me, the hope of glory. In me is Jesus. In you is Jesus. And then when, when prayer, when everything that we do is undergirded by intimacy and prayer, communion, my house shall be a house of prayer to the nations. As Todd said on the, uh, on the Wednesday, night, Wednesday afternoon, he said, Paul didn't say preach without ceasing. He said pray without ceasing. Does it mean we preach? Yes. Does it mean we evangelize? Yes. Does it mean we make disciples? Yes. Do we worship? Yes. But it comes out of this place of deep prayer, deep intimacy. Kylie, when, um, when she, she, she was pivotal in, in her prophetic word of when we changed the name, we were contemplating changing the name. Shen and I had only told Dave and Lisa and then the next day she sends us a text message saying, I believe the Lord is saying these things and he'll do it if you change the name. She had no idea. No one knew. It was a very foreign thought. It was foreign to us. We did, it, it, it kind of caught us off, off guard a bit. This is what it said. No one is to take any glory for themselves. No name, no face. The Holy Spirit will not tolerate any person taking any of his glory. Oh, I feel the Lord. It is imperative to the nature of what this is. No one is to take any glory for himself. Do not be flippant on this. Hmm. You feel the fear of God in a healthy way. I see the leaders of the church in a room together, and I feel like this is for the, for the house though, and making a clear decision and commitment not to take any glory for themselves. They are to hide their faces. I see in the spirit they are laid down flat on the floor, faces to the floor. Holy smokes. This is the only acceptable posture. Again, the Spirit will not tolerate anything less. It must be this way. This is unlike anything that has come before. 
Do not test him on this. There is one posture, abandoning self to the Lord. I see heaven pouring out of people's people as this posture is taken. The Holy Spirit is searching for broken and contrite hearts. Isaiah 66. Then she saw me, obviously as a representation of, of just the church, but I see Liam holding a bouquet of flowers as the bride approaching the altar, Liam representing the church, and the song we're open to the Let God Arise by Rick Pino. And then uh, Hebrews 9, which is where our name came from a little bit, but I'm going to read this to you. Hebrews 9, verse 11. But when Christ... Oh, actually, I'll read a little bit before because I think this is important. It's talking about the high priest. If you really, if you ever talk to Muslims, um, Hebrews, tell them to read Hebrews. Because Hebrews talks about the high priest. All right, we're nearly done. Verse... Um, Verse 8, by this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy place is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing. It's talking about the temple of, in Jerusalem, which is symbolic for the present age. Talking about the current age that they were living in. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshipper, but deal only with the food and drink and various washings, regulations for the, for the body imposed until the time of reformation. I hope you catch this. But, I love the buts of God. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent or tabernacle or sanctuary, that word is, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by, by the means of his own blood, thus sacrificing an internal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh... How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So this is what I believe. A couple of things. A manifestation of God needs to have, it needs to be tangible. Uh, and what I mean in that it needs to have legs on it. It can't just be a good theory or a good concept. The Bible says taste and see that he is good. That isn't a theory then. You've tasted, you've seen. Be very weird if Shen and I went to a restaurant, perused the menu, had a look. Man, great oysters, great lobsters, great steak, great burgers. Sat down at the restaurant, looked at the menu, got up and left. <laughs> Sadly, that's what a lot of Christians do. Yes. Come into church, they sit, 
They look at the menu. Don't like the worship. Not sure about the preaching. No one greeted me. Whatever. And then leave. Which isn't an excuse to be poor in church. But the point of Christianity is that you would have an intimate relationship with the Lord and get into fellowship with like-minded believers to lock arms with one another to seek him. And so practically what we're doing, Monday nights and Thursday nights and Sunday mornings, we're now praying. 5.30 till 6.30 p.m. <laughs> Sorry, I have to clarify that. <laughs> Just throw in an a.m. to see how desperate people are. Five, I know it's not going to suit everyone, but 5.30 till 6.30, one hour, we're going to be sharp. Mondays and Thursdays, here. Sundays, 9 o'clock, we have our prayer meeting. And all we're going to be doing is seeking his face and coming in humility. Just those things. Just coming, coming before him, seeking his face, and just coming humbly, coming low. One hour, we're coming with no agenda. We don't have a five-list thing of our toilet roll thing of like, hey, we want to see these things. We've got our visions, we've got our dreams. But we're coming just to catch his heartbeat for whatever he wants to do. When Shen and I were in a previous church, not our last one, but the one before the, but the one before that, not a criticism, but worship would go for 20 minutes. They'd do one or two fast songs, get everyone pumped up do announcements, and then do a couple of slow songs. I'm not against that. That's the way people do that. That's fine. Then when we went to BSSM, worship would go for three hours sometimes. I was like, man, I need a break. <laughs> I've got things to do, you know? But after a, probably six to nine months of that, non-stop, every day, four days a week, I come back to church, if worship went for half an hour, I was like, man, I'm just getting warmed up. Like, this is, let's go for another, another 45, you know? Like, I'm just getting warmed up because I'm here for him. And you can strengthen your faith muscle and become greater conduits in that way, in that sense, because, not because of time, because of exposure to the presence. The same in prayer. I believe the church, by and large, is pretty weak in prayer. It's, a, it's not a criticism, it's just a general observation. And I believe if we start incrementally, we'll see growth. Where maybe an hour seems like a long time. <laughs> I remember when ben, ben Fitz came to your house. We had, we had a prayer meeting, it was like 100 people in their house. And he's like, all right, we're going to pray for like an hour? Was it an hour? Half an hour? And he'd, we'd been praying about seven minutes. And I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I feel like we've been praying for 45 minutes. <laughs> and Ben said, he goes, we've been praying for seven. I'm like, oh dear Lord, <laughs> help me. And I've heard people say, they're like, oh, I fall asleep when I pray. It's like, that's okay. 
Kids are okay falling asleep in their father's arms. That's all right. Don't, don't beat yourself up. But your muscle will grow. And I believe the Lord wants to take us on that journey of, of actually what it truly means to be a house of prayer. Truly, truly means what it means that we be a house of prayer that the nations will come. And I don't think, I don't like throwing out whimsical statements just to hype people up. But I think we can see a measure of 24-7 prayer come. I think we can. The th- second thing that we're going to do practically, and I know I'm going on a bit, but the second thing that we're, we're if you give me five minutes, is we're going to open up the waters once a month. These ones. Right? So there's a baptism tank there. If you didn't know, on this thing right here, behind here, underneath here, there's beautiful warm water and we can, we can baptise people. <clears throat> and so we, um, you might have seen uh, on the Immerse emails that Jordan put out, but it's already been advertised. So ne- next Sunday at 4pm, um, we're opening up the waters. There's already people that want to get baptised that didn't get a chance to, to do that. Um, I don't have any grid as to why or what other than I feel like we'd be being disobedient to the word of what God's given us of do not drain the waters. And so we've got, we're just going to do it once a month. We've got next Sunday and then at the end of October we've got a 12-hour prayer and worship evangelism banquet event that's happening over at the Baptist church. Um, So I'm assuming they have a baptismal tank over there being a Baptist church. And, um, and so we're going we're gonna to open up the waters there and then we're going to open up the waters again in November. Obviously, if there's other people want to get baptised, uh, just, you know, dedication of, you know, their faith to the Lord as well, we can, we can do it another time as well. But we're going to specifically have those dates locked in so that people you might meet on the streets, people you might know go say, hey, come, we've, this is what we're seeing God do in the midst of, of, of the water. There's nothing special about the water. I don't spit in it or anoint it or any of those things, right? Um, Jesus sped in mud, so. Um, but but it's, it's the contact point of faith of what God's doing. And, uh, and we've just, these are the directives, as you've heard from dreams and visions, the things that God has, has lined up uh, continuously and there's been more than just what I shared with you today and so um, we feel like as a team it's like cool this this is what we need to do and then and then we just keep following the breadcrumbs amen hey can we have the communion handed out are they handed out already can we hand them out awesome could I get tinkly of the ivories thank you We all sing the songs, don't we? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. This one thing I ask, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. 
I want us as a, a, a prophetic act, I want us to take Kylie's dream. <coughs> Excuse me. I want us to take Kylie's dream and, and act on it. And that we would either kneel, lie face down, just for a couple of minutes after we've taken communion. I know if, you, if you're able, if you're not, that's okay. But I want us to just lie on our faces, lie face down before the Lord and just spend two minutes just seek, seeking his face. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Not some, all. It's made your conscience clean. That you can worship the Lord with a clear conscience and a pure heart. I had this combo with someone the other day. They were trying, wanting to debate me about the new creation. And I, I was a bit cheeky, but I, I said, Are you supposed to guard your heart? Like, do you believe in guarding your heart? And they said, Yes. I said, Why would you guard your heart if it was evil? You guard your heart because out of it flows the... They didn't have much to say. Being given a new heart, heart to know him, a heart to know him. So let's take communion this morning. This body that was broken on the cross was shed, bled. You know those chocolates that crackle in your mouth? That's what it sounds like from up here with everyone opening up the... <laughs> right, let's take the blood. God, we thank you for your body. We thank you for your blood. What can wash away our sins but your blood? God, we thank you in celebration that you are our great high priest. You are the great great king thank you that you made it possible to come into fellowship with you, to come into union with you alright let's just spend two minutes come on let's get on our faces You can pray, you can speak in tongues, you can... I know we're going a little bit over this morning, but I, I just, I didn't want to rush it.
place, just stay, that's fine. Have just maybe the prayer team up, and then this is my final charge.
when you look at the eyes of Jesus one day, face to face, will we know him? Can you recognise his voice? Can you recognise his presence, his touch, his whisperings? smell, his sense, his walk his... That's, the, that's our greatest desire is to know him but I want to charge us I want to encourage us strong, strongly that that this would be something we'd come in unity of this one thing is to see his face that we would be unified in that that when we come to the prayer meeting 5.30 to 6.30 we come in our phones are away unless that's how you use the Bible but just get a really nice paper one (laughs) that smells like goat skin (laughs) I'm joking but that we would come in and we would be there, we're there for the Lord that we're going to consecrate that place that when we come into worship we come into this house, the sanctuary those doors that we come in, we say hey I'm here for one thing and one thing only to seek his face, I'm here to worship him I'm here to give him glory that we're standing on holy ground so to speak that we would own it that you would own it that you would come with what you have to bring to the Lord what you have to contribute to the Lord not to see the sanctuary grow while I believe it will continue to the Lord's doing it but I'm not interested in that I'm interested in you whoever comes through those doors encountering Jesus every single time because the world needs it we need it so I want you to own that and um, come expect and come hungry Holy Spirit